Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio. We're talking about the eviction ban, and we've heard the devastating news that around 13,000 people will spend Christmas in emergency accommodation. I think we should pause for a moment, really, to think about that. It's 2023, and Ireland has 13,000 people, including children, in emergency accommodation. That is not to mention the people who are out on the streets, by the way. Not to mention the people who are staying on couches and the people who are, you know, back home with their parents. Where are the houses? Where is the supply that was promised? Anyway, unsurprisingly, Sinn Féin has sought to put pressure on the government by bringing forward legislation that was previously used to facilitate the eviction ban last year. At leaders' questions, Sinn Féin, Mary Lou MacDonald, they're starting to sound like an opposition uh, party now because it's getting close to an election. That's the only reason they're starting to sound like an opposition party. And it's not because they have good ideas. It's just to make the other parties look bad. Anyway, um, Sinn Féin leader Mary Lou MacDonald said the ban should be reinstated up to March 2024 to protect families and children from becoming homeless over the Christmas period. Leo Varadkar, however, insisted a temporary eviction ban would only lead to a glut of evictions next year. And they know there's some evidence. A fair point. But if you had a chance to be turfed out in January or in April, which would you choose? Now, we've spoken about this on the show before. And in fact, we know the answer. Build houses. That's the answer, isn't it? But we don't have the manpower to do that. We only heard a story in the news yesterday that we just cannot get plasters, labourers, electricians, plumbers. But in the meantime, what do we do? Should we just resign ourselves to banning evictions during the winter months? Or is that even sensible? Or does that... Does an eviction ban create more problems than it actually alleviates in the first place? I want to know what you think. Maybe you're a landlord. How would you feel with an eviction ban? Should we introduce an eviction ban for the winter months this Christmas? Let me know what you think. The number, as usual, 87 8 If you want to come on the air, even just WhatsApp in, let me on, and they'll give you a call back, all right? 87 8 Let me go to Dave. Dave, hi, how are you? Uh, what's crack? Good, Dave. Does an eviction ban solve a problem? Uh, can I just stop you there for one second? I, I hate to be that guy. It's pronounced nuclear. Uh, why? What did I say? Nuclear. Okay. Are you? Just, are, you sorry, are you? Are you? Are you being a bit just, pedantic? Are you? Are you just? I just. It's it, it's a pet peeve of mine when people <laughs> pronounce very simple words. You know, every time you said nuclear, my with the hair in the back of my neck stood up. Right, okay, um, okay. Anyway. I'm so, Dave, sorry, I'm sorry I'm about that. I, I do apologise, Dave, if, if it upset you that yeah. much. I don't know. To be fair, you're, you're yeah. pretty good to articulate yourself most of the time. So you're, you're a loud guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, the other word, by the way, I hate. And if it's on a script, I'll never read it, right? But I go to attempt to say it just to, to pacify us all here, okay? So if I see this word on a script, I'll change it as I'm reading it because I'll never read it out, which is, here we go, anonymity. Anonymity. What's what's hard to say about that? I, I, I now I've just said it there, thankfully, but I actually yeah. can say it. I actually know a new okay. I know a newsreader who's a very good newsreader who can't say the word gangland. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and has to and has to rewrite every I, news report I, to change it. Yeah, it's truth. I, I know. I just I just think of another word that starts with gang that they might say by complete accident. Imagine saying that on the news. I think I think it's the way the way the tongue rolls, gangland. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dave, getting back to eviction, anyway, should, should there be a ban? I mean, it's it, like I, I don't agree with eviction bans myself because especially because you you will have 
people out there who will be opportunistic to say, Jesus, it's an eviction bench, I won't pay my rent for X amount of time and save a few pounds. But just, I mean, for, for people who are genuinely struggling, I mean, it is Christmas. Would it not just be nice to say just for the month of December and January, let's not throw people out in the street? I mean, because with the cost of everything, and I'm talking about genuine cases here, not people taking the piss, but like for the genuine people out there who fall on hard times, I mean, just people who are working a 40-hour week and they can't afford their rent. Like, that is so wrong. Oh, you know, no, I like, know. I with know. People, we have people, people full-time employment and they're on welfare. Like, there's something systemically wrong with, this, with the country you live in when that is an actual thing. You, you know, that, that it should, we shouldn't be having this conversation. But, I mean, just for the fact it's it's Christmas. I mean, it's a shit time of yeah, year. But, yeah, anyway. but it's, yeah, but it's Christmas every year. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's winter no, every year. You know. I do, and I do, and I get that. And this is the kind of catch-22 about it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to sound you know, like a Grinch, by the way. I, I don't want to come across like a Grinch. But the problem is, what the government do by doing eviction bans, it takes the, the pressure off them for a little while. No, we see, that's it. And, like, the root cause of this problem is, like, the, the jackasses that we have in charge. Because, again, it's like, like you mentioned Mary Lou talking about it. Oh, we oppose evictions and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, oh, what's that on the horizon? We see an election coming, you know? And then the fact that so many people fall for it. Like, it's just one of these, you know, sexy things where, like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to ban evictions and we look good. Are you going to build some more houses? Probably not. But we look good for banning evictions, you know? And then you do. You end up having a raft of evictions. I mean, nobody necessarily had a problem with eviction bans during COVID, did they? No. You know, like during when everybody was all locked up. And I mean... I, know, I think that was a slightly really, different situation because people couldn't work. They couldn't earn money. Mm. You know, and everybody was kind of in the same boat. But what, I, what I'm thinking here is, and we have to look at both sides of this, to be fair, we've got landlords. And I don't mean the ones with cloaks and hats, you know, the vulture fund type landlords. We've got ordinary landlords who just happen to inherit a house or maybe that's their little yeah. pension pot. And maybe they've given someone, you know, six months notice. They're due to go out in December. But you would like to think they would have got somewhere by now. Or, you know, or you might give them a month's grace or whatever. But you don't want to have a situation where landlords actually can't get people out of their houses. No, I, I, I do. And I understand that as well. And as well, if you're a landlord and you're talking to someone out just after Christmas, you have to worry about, geez, am I going to rock up to the house and the, the copper cylinder and piping is still going to be there? So, you know, it's again, landlords aren't all evil people in cloaks with twirling their mustaches. I mean, <laughs> there's a guy that works with me. He, um, uh, he had a house and he bought it, bought it during the boom times. And he was like, you know what, rent it out for X amount of years, sell it then. Um, he said he was quite happy. Like, he had a girl who was getting happy. He was quite happy to have her in it. Said she was a lovely girl, never had any problem, kept the house lovely, blah, 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 blah. But he said the amount that he was getting screwed on tax alone yeah. himself and all the other shit that comes along with it. He, he, he sold the house during the summer. I, you know, I went back there recently, and he said, because, yeah, the second house is gone. He said he just couldn't be put over the half. No, it wouldn't be worth it. He said it was just too much. Yeah. No, that's it. And you also have to read it. If you're a landlord and your washing machine goes, the boiler goes, I mean... I have my uh, copper uh, cylinder and my uh, tank in the attic went recently and cost me to go to two and a half grand. You know, yeah. if that happens during the rent of accommodation, your landlord is the one who's putting the bill there. You know, so. Okay, you know, so, so your, your, your answer to this would be, okay, it's not the solution, but maybe an eviction ban for what, for December and January? Just December and January. I mean, like, you're not going to be too put out if you're a landlord. 
for the extra two months. So long as you can eventually evict them in the end. I mean, okay. Well, well, no, well, ha- well, hang on, hang on a second, Dave. Let me just go to Alan as well before we go to the break. Alan, hi. How are you? Good night. How are you? And now it's pronounced nuclear. Oh, uh, nuclear. Well, stop with the nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. <laughs> I'm sticking to I'm sticking to nuclear. <laughs> well, we're going to have a whole topic one night on the word nuclear. Right, go ahead. Anyway, Alan, be a little bit uh, nuclear. No, be, be atomic, there, will you? For for me, no eviction ban, right? Because again, as you've already said, this comes around year after year after year after year, right? The same nonsense and the same politicians spouting the same nonsense, right? Listen, they're playing they're playing political football for people's lives is all they ever do, right? Again, it's the poor guy, it's a, it's the single guy with one two, one house or two houses that want to get penalised here. They know there's an issue with housing and they do nothing about it. But what they do is they penalise people to try and make themselves look good. Mm. We have a massive massive issue in this in this country with housing. We've had it for years and years and years, but yet it's still not solved. Because they refuse to tackle all the, the massive issues that, that lead to the housing that we, that's required in the, in the country. And that's the problem. So first of all, every council should be meant to do a full review of all their social housing. So who's in it, what's being used for? And actually go through it that way. It, are people using multiple houses or not using multiple houses? Couples with one house here and one house over there. We've no step-down facilities for people who might have a, a large council house of four bedrooms. And living on their own. Yeah. Yeah, we've no step down facility that. And again, this has been going on years. And again, but people have been saying all these things for years too. Yeah, I spoke to Cara Dieter back in 2014 about this. You know what I mean? But like, so we can't discuss housing to a degree without discussing immigration. We can't discuss health without to a degree discussing immigration. There's a a massive conversation needs to be had. Of course, it's not a correlation. There's a causation. There's a link. Of course. Yeah, but all we do is have snippets and snippets and snippets without actually having the actual overarching conversation, which no politician in this country is prepared to have. They run shit scared from it. And that's the problem. So until they're prepared to go up here and actually tackle this issue, and I mean tackle every issue and look at every issue, we're going to go through this. And the other thing about this, right, NGOs, there's money in housing, right? There's more money in not fixing the housing issue than there is in fixing the housing issue. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And where there's money, there's NGOs. And that's going to be well. I mean, housing. I mean, housing people has become an, an industry now. I mean, how many how, how many housing agencies are there for social housing in this country? There, are, there's hundreds of the bloody things. There's more housing agencies and NGOs in this country. I remember at one stage, I think there was 119 applications for new housing agencies in this country at one stage. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's an industry, a massive industry, yeah. and it's not um, in their interest well, to solve the problem. By the way, oh, that's intended. That's what. That's why it'll never be solved because. Money, money drives everything, and these people know, and these NGOs know. The more, literally, they get a blank check because they get from the government a blank check every year. Mm-hmm. And again, we go through this vicious circle again of all this nonsense, and again, we'll have this conversation next year, and again, we'll have one about the winter bombing bug, and there's no. Okay, so there's three three years. problems. One you actually pointed out there, which I spoke to Carl Dieter many years ago, which is the fact that we have one person living in a four bedroom house in the Vindle of Inglis, and you know, a family have moved on and yep. all that kind of stuff. That needs to be all sorted out, uh, and we need to be reasonably ruthless. I don't mean be mean to people either, by the way, but we need to be reasonably ruthless in how we deal with that, right? Uh, the second problem we have, and one of the main problems you have is you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have people to build houses, you're not going to get them built. And the third problem is planning. Yeah. So, and politicians themselves objecting to planning. But so, the biggest, I, to me, the biggest problem is 
There's no plasters, no builders, no plumbers, no electricians. We've heard that in the news yesterday. Huge lack. The average age now of plumber and electrician is going up and up and up and up because people are dying. Uh, older people are retiring. There's nobody new there. Kids nowadays don't want to get their hands dirty. No, because no, but we, but politicians call it that because we put no value on skills. For the last 15 years, probably, we put no value on skills. We got rid of apprenticeships. They were nothing to you. If you weren't going to college, you were a waster. And you're going to be going to do an arts degree to agree. Let's just be honest, most arts degrees are, are a waste of time anyway. But we put no value in putting people in to get skills, to get apprenticeships. We took away that and said, literally, if you don't have some sort of degree, you're worthless. That's what we've done. So politicians at the top and businesses in this country drove that type of agenda. But in saying that, you can't chuck people out in December and January. Is he right? Look, if we look at why people are selling their property, and there's probably legitimate reasons why people are selling their property, and we can't just penalise those people. So there may be court orders on some houses, and some people, because they're separate, may have to sell a house. Mm. We can't stop that for the sake of, because it's January or December. We can't stop that. And nor can we penalise those people. So there should be no eviction ban whatsoever, regardless of what time of year it is. And I'm not being heartless. We just need to be practical mm. about these things, and we can't be penalising the smaller person for incompetent decisions by politicians. And let's not forget, some of the biggest landlords in this country are politicians. So, Well, not, ju- not just politicians, but yes, they are. Dave, I mean, yeah. okay, you, you, you know, it's not being heartless, it's just business. That's just the way it is. And I and I do get what Alan yeah, is I, saying. I, I know, I know. And look, I, to be fair, I agree with 99% of what he just said. But just the only thing is, I mean, we can't say we care about people and we want people to have homes, we want people to have, be happy, and then say, oh, like, I know it's Christmas time, but out on your tot. I mean, it does come across as a bit callous, you know? And I'm, like, I'm, I'm not saying, like, like, I do feel for the landlords. I really do. And, you know, but it wouldn't be the, the biggest detriment in the world just to say, you know what, lads, it's Christmas time. We'll leave you where you are for another four or five weeks. Hopefully you get your shit together by then. I mean, you know, would it really make much of a difference? I, I don't think so. You know, like, the anger should be directed where it should be directed, like, at the government for not providing enough housing, for constantly throwing these things out there. But the anger the anger has been at the government for the last 12 years for not providing the housing. The housing crisis has been yeah, with us well, for 12 or 13 years more, actually. You know? Yeah, well, look, I mean, to be fair, any old gobshite could tell when you, you, you raise a population by X amount of people and you don't provide housing... We haven't been building enough houses since the recession. I mean, if you're a cheapy Asparky or a Bricky, it's a better idea for you to go off to Australia or New Zealand or Canada because you have a better standard of living, you have a better wage. You know, why would you stay in Ireland? And again, we don't have enough apprentices because I remember when I was in school, we were told, uh, oh, if you can't, what was it? If you can't uh, memorize a periodic table, you may as well piss off down to the business site there and get an apprenticeship, which... Thinking back to the no, I, I wish I'd taken that. I wish I'd that opportunity. Well, stay there for a second if you can. Uh, let me just go to Sarah Jane. Hi, Sarah Jane. How are you? Fine, how's things? Good. Sarah Jane, do you agree with the idea of an eviction ban? I don't know, now. Like, you get enough time when people are being evicted, like, and it's the same thing year after year. You mm. know, so, like, what's it going to be? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Like, it's going to happen sometime, rather, sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Like, I think now people is just sort of probably milking it and saying, well, like, I've, I know there is genuine cases out there. There's nowhere to go. 
for sure then what if the landlord like if they needed our house back for somebody you know there's that side of the coin as well and then you have landlords out there that are as you say renting their place and they're renting another place and their rent is going up and they might want to move back in I mean, there there is lots of different scenarios. I, there are ruthless landlords as well who are given evicting people just so they can take more people on with a higher rent. That does happen oh, too. I'm a, not, no, I rented for 16, 17 years and didn't get a penny off the, so, the social or anything like that. And at the time, my wages were absolutely appalling. You know, I was just walking and like, as I say, I wasn't even getting paid for six days and blah, 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 blah. You know, when I'd been down at a tough route and this thing everlasting housing is, like I was on it for 17 years. And I was single. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was down single. I didn't get any help off anybody. Um, and I did, like, I came across crazy landlords. They had no respect. Sure, one landlord didn't even get me deposit, me deposit back. Um, I don't have a good word to say about landlords. A few friends of mine are landlords. That I love dearly, and I think they're the best people in the world. But they seem to have problems with people that are living in the house. Um, the cost of living has gone up. They have to maintain the house. Um, they're not always protected by the insurance. Um, you know, and then, as I say, other families, it may not be working out for them in Australia or Canada, and they need a place to stay. And... An opportunity if like family comes first. So okay, but should so here's the, well here's the question that to kind of Dave was saying. Okay, he, he understands that we shouldn't have an eviction ban, but he said you shouldn't be evicting people in December or January. You know, in the cold months. Would you agree with him? Yeah, but when I was talking to you, you would get anyone that is that do that like this. You have to have plenty of time. No, no, you no. Well, somebody might have got notice back in September or or July, should I say? Uh, they would have got six months' notice, depending on how long they're there. Well, then, but then you can't play the emotional uh, song there. You can't turn around and say, like, at a terrible time to be evicting people. Like, the person didn't get evicted on no. Christmas Day. The person got a notice in July. That's what I'm saying. There's nobody, generally speaking, gets a letter saying you have to be out by tomorrow or you have to be out by in two weeks' time. There is laws around evicting people. You have to have to give the person a reasonable amount of notice. So I, I don't cool. understand this idea... That you know, people are running around as as Alan or, or Dave said, you know, twiddling their moustaches with cloaks on them, saying, "We want you out tomorrow." That's not really happening, unless, well, unless somebody is is antisocial behaviour or they're not paying the rent. Well, you drag them out by the stuff, and they're not sure even though they may have like those people even still have a law. As I say, there's some landlords out there that are probably pulling their hair out trying to get people out, mm-hmm. and it could be going on for years because. They have the law beside them. And they're coming in with these poor stories, X, Y, and Z, or this has happened, that's happened. I'm like this, such and such has happened to me, such and such has gone through. You know, manipulating the whole system. Okay, well, hang on a second, because I want to go to Angela. Dave, stay, or Alan, stay with me there for a second. Um, Angela, hi, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Do you agree with an eviction ban? Yes. Okay. For the month of November, December, January. For three, mo- three months, a year. Every three year. Months. Every year. Now, every year. I think every year. You know, now I'm renting. I'm very blessed to have a fantastic landlord. And as he says, 
and he does it. Well, most most landlords are good landlords. Most of them are good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very blessed, and he said he's very blessed to have me. He's delighted, you know. He's actually coming down on Saturday. Um, I've only met him twice, <laughs> right. you know, because he right. doesn't need to come to the house, you know. Um, I the only thing that I would say with that is, unless it is a thing of that they um, aren't paying their bills, aren't paying their rent, that I don't agree with. I think like well, that's that. what an eviction ban is about, by the way. If you you know if somebody loses their job, for example, or whatever, you can't evict them. But there's an eviction ban. Yeah, but no, I, I, I don't mean that kind of circumstance. What I'm talking about is like that. That for you know they've been trying for seven eight months to get somebody out of the house because they're you know gurriers or something. Then out in their arse. I mean, I there's care. only four reasons, realistically, why people get evicted. Antisocial behaviour, yeah. you haven't paid your rent, um, the yeah. owner, the landlord is selling the house, or they want to get you out so they can put the price up. So they're the only four yeah. reasons why somebody would ever be evicted. Um, obviously, the, yeah. the latter, you know, trying to put the rent up, is the most gruesome of the whole lot of them. But in saying that, it's a free yeah. market. They're entitled to do it. They are entitled, because, like, my landlord is putting it up now um, in January. And um, it's not gone up by much, to be honest. And in the agreement, he said that he's not going to put it up then for 2024 or 2025, which is great. Well, that's, that's fair. That's yeah. Joan, I mean. Okay, that's, but, but, but I mean, Alan, Alan doesn't agree with it at all. He thinks, you know, this is just wrong. This defeats the purpose of a free market. We're in the middle of a housing crisis where we've brought in over 100,000 people. Into the country. Well, but, but, but who brought them in? Well, the, the government brought them in, I suppose, Angela. But, yeah. but that's the question. Who brought them in? Yeah, Angela, sorry, are you still there? Yeah, I'm da- okay, he said, he was asking you, sorry. No, I, don't, no I thought he was no, asking no, you. Asking, yeah. it's, a, it's, an open, it's an open question. I'm who brought them in? Because... This government, again, decided to, to carte blanche open the borders to this country, right? N- knowing there was already a housing crisis in the country, right? So they they normally done this. Like they knew the shit this country was in when it came to accommodation, but they still done it. They didn't do it for the betterment of people from Ukraine. They didn't do it for the betterment of people from Ireland. They did it for their own skin, right? Denmark limited the number of people going to the country. France has now done the same, and other countries have done the same. But yet the politicians of this country, knowing that there's a housing crisis, are continuing to allow people to just walk into the country. So at what point do we stop saying, okay, we need to stop blaming Timmy and Mary who own one house and rent it out. Stop blaming them and actually start blaming the politicians who are more interested in getting a pat on the back from their bosses in the EU than they are than writing for Irish people. It's the politicians that are, that are causing this issue. It's the politicians that are causing the hardship in people's lives, which are people will buy into the nonsense and this, we will now play on people's emotions and the easiest thing you can do with people is is brand them something like a racist or whatever, or misogynist or something, right? You play in people's emotions and you, you play, that's the card they're trying to play now. fact of the matter is, we cannot keep penalising people for other people's mistakes. There should be no eviction ban whatsoever, and it should not be there. And we cannot allow governments to keep turning this on and turning it off to suit themselves, especially when it comes to election time, they're trying to get a bit of favour with, 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 uh, mm. with the voters. See, that's all this yeah, about. I mean, Angela, when you're saying there should be no evictions in December or... January, or should I say, for November, December, January, yeah. uh, for yeah. the winter month, our months, 
that that kind of rules out landlords giving notice at a certain time of the year. I mean, people who are are who have to be out of their house in the middle of December, for example, which is not nice. Don't get me wrong, particularly if you've got kids. You know, they got yeah. notice last July, probably six months, so they knew. Yeah. So, like, I, well, and I and yeah, I understand it, it's not easy to find on, somewhere to live. I understand on that. How long they're in the house? Well, yes, it depends on, on they are. how long they're in the house. Yeah. So the thing is, if they're in the house less than a year, right? What is that, a month? Um, I think it's three, isn't it? If it's less, than, if it's over six months, less than a year, it's three months. I'll, get, I'll check in a second. And then once it's over a year, yeah. that's six months. But yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I don't think it's fair to turn around to someone and say, listen, we know you, we told you you the year, but we need it now. So you have to be out in December. Well, no, well, well, nobody, I, well, I nobody's actually, well, nobody fair. can say that, but that's, you, you can only stick by the rules and the rules by the PRTB is that, you know, you must give a certain amount of notice depending on how long the, the renter has been in the, the accommodation. And that's the law. That's, that's how it's set out. You know, so if a landlord, once he sticks within those, or she sticks within those regulations and gives the adequate amount of notice, well, then it's not their fault. It's not their fault that the family can't find other suitable accommodation. It's not their fault that the rents might be too expensive in the area for them to buy somewhere or rent somewhere. This is society's fault. This is the government's fault. It's not the landlord's fault. But yet we're great at blaming the landlord and blaming all the landlords. They get blamed for everything now at the moment. Oh, I actually, I, I don't blame the landlord. I certainly am not because I am always actually on the landlord's side. I'm always on the landlord's side. I do think if they need to sell, if they need to do this, I've always said that they should be allowed to, but just not those couple of months. Okay, just that the rules are not less than one year, but less than seven years, 180 days notice, not less than seven years, but less than eight years, 196 days notice is written very weirdly, isn't it? Not less than eight years, 224 days notice. So if you're there over eight years, you get a substantial amount of notice. So what I'm saying is, if that notice happens to fall at Christmas, that's not the landlord's fault. That's just the way it falls. I mean, it's It's up to you. but, But what I am saying is, if that is the way it falls, then it should just extend to February. I, I, I honestly, I'm just saying... How I much time do you need extend. to find somewhere to live? And I don't mean that in some sort of callous way. It's, again, what we're doing is we're, we're pitching this at the landlord. Stay me there, Angela and Alan, if you can. Let me just go to Eric as well. Eric, hi, how are you? It's been a while, Eric, all right. I haven't seen the name Eric on my screen in quite some time. There you go. Yeah, I always try and tune in and come on when I can. Um, just it, it's funny how we're having this conversation with the uh, eviction battle and all that. Um, I'm 32. Um, I'm one of those guys that uh, when your callers had set up the trades, um, I'm a mechanic. Um, I was evicted from. I don't say it like I was evicted, but I had to leave a property that I was renting. Yeah. Um, bills and stuff that came too high. Um, Basically, more a story now that I'm doing nearly three jobs at the minute um, to try and kind of get back on a property market. Um, I can't, but unfortunately, it's that government who I have to point the finger at, and I think more people should. Because not the landlord. I never would have would accuse the landlord of of all this. Um, but the government have brought this problem on themselves. Um, yeah, the sub, it's the laws of supply and demand, isn't it? There's, there isn't an, yeah, there just yeah. enough houses, and then it does means that landlords can charge a bit more. But in saying that, you know, Alan is right, or it was Dave, I'm not too sure who said it, you know, landlords are paying a massive amount of tax. There should be some sort of tax incentives for landlords to reduce the prices. Well, they should, but 
they should be helped more. The landlord should be helped more by the government. You know, but fortunately, there's such a small amount of us that actually do get help from the government. Um, it's just it's to me uh, at the beginning of your show. Correct me if I'm wrong with the numbers, but you said is it thirteen thousand that are currently are homeless in this country? Yeah, thir- that's not including. Yeah, that's not that's not including, by the way, people who are out in Strad Valley in tents and all that kind of carry on, and you know, people who are immigrants living in hotels and all sorts of things. Thirteen thousand uh, Irish people, but well, we had whatever ten and a half thousand just before we started to bring in a lot of people into the country. Go back two years ago, so thirteen and a half thousand people, including children. I think the number in children on that, by the way, is four and a half thousand, as far as I know. That's not like a figure like that. Now just infuriates me. Like I, just, I see red straight away with that. This time of year. I'm going to I'm going to hate this whole December Christmas thing because it baffles. I don't know how anybody. If you were to give a on a give a survey of people in this country if they're happy, I guarantee it'd be a lot of them to say no, they're not. Because it's just it's just between we're just so fed up with it all, and it's so hard to just to be. You know, like open and gloomy and, and happy. Do you know what I mean? Because but what's just, really sad is that you're you're a qualified mechanic. Uh, you know, you're working your 40-hour week and you shouldn't have to do other jobs, by the way, but you're a qualified mechanic. You should be making enough money to live a reasonably comfortable lifestyle in the city you live in. No, I'm going to be honest with you. If someone said to me, all I'm working is 40 hours this week, that's, that's half a week to me. Those hours are like grand. That's perfect. I'm a bit chill. I can go home, watch the match. I can go maybe go have a few points or two. I can't even do any of that because I'm a qualified mechanic uh, every other um, trades person I know, majority of them have left the country. Close personal friends of mine have gone to Australia to go have a better. And how and can, can I ask you a question, Eric? You know, because of course we all know mechanics. It's not cheap to get your car fixed, right? So yeah. how how can you not make enough money? And I'm not doubting you, but for for a minute, right? But how can you not make enough money in forty hours in a week? You know, to to sustain you. I I don't know what a mechanic makes on average a week. I don't know. Is it eight hundred quid? I, I couldn't tell you. Well, for me, for me, I'm, I'm making I'm making just over eight hundred and fifty a week. Yeah. And then when you have other bills that are coming on, on top of you, yeah. And uh, for, for you on and you know what? Eight hundred quid should be good money. It should be okay money. I mean, it is. Uh, but in say, but in saying that, you're living in Dublin, so it's not okay. Yeah. No. It's, it's, but even at that, it's like the way I'm getting taxed having to help out other people with their cars because they can't afford to go to mechanics and I go to them and I try and work around them for a price in terms of, you know what, I'm not going to charge you a full price at the moment, but I'll do a certain job on your car to make sure you can get to work in the morning and then when you're able to kind of give me an instalment of that, we can just, you can just pay me back more. That's what, that's what I do do. So, for example, I've a nurse. I've a nurse that used to live at the back of me. Her car broke down, um, just before, just for the summer, came in. So I did a bit of a job on her car to make sure she was able to get to work to, to help the sick people in the hospital. Now, to me, it's like, oh, do you know what? That, that doesn't make me feel good about. But when she turned around and said to me, "Listen, I can't pay you the full amount for the car parts that I have to go and pay for." You have to come to some agreement with it all. It's just really... I know, I know, I understand. It's difficult how difficult that can be. I understand, I imagine. Yeah. And you're a good person because you're doing that. But, I mean, well, yeah, but, but, but uh, okay, let me, let me just go back to Alan very briefly. Sorry, stay there, Eric. Alan, you're listening to Eric, 
And Eric is somebody who is typical, who's earning a good wage, but is just being priced completely out of the market of living in this country. And now have to carry three jobs, and even at that, is finding it difficult. So, I mean, that is an argument for an eviction ban, if he, could, if he was in a situation where he couldn't afford the rent. So, a fair play for Eric, right? It's a good skin, right? He helps people out, right? But again, he shouldn't have to work three jobs, right? But again, the, the, the eviction ban shouldn't be punishing the person who has one or two properties, right? Because that, that's all this is going to do. When it's the government are the cause for this, they've caused the housing crisis. The reason why prices are so high. So we need to stop holding, again, Johnny and Mary to account and, and penalising them for, for owning one or two additional properties. I feel sorry for Eric right in the situation he's in. But then he shouldn't be in that situation. So mm. I suggest he goes down and he slams the door and slams the desk in front of his local politician. And until everyone listens to this program, right, and so on, starts doing this to their politician and hold them to account. Because we don't hold them to account. We let them, we let them come out with all the nonsense they come out. And even, even the media don't we, even ask the questions. But we, we do. Well, the media, you're right about the media, right? And, and yeah. we only saw the That's research the yesterday in the paper that, you know, the media are 67% biased on the left, which means they're all, you know, on the government side, uh, which, is not a, which is not an impartial media. Um, and very so few people are on the right. We, we, we have, I don't, it, it's been a long time since we had an impartial media in this country. It, it, it's gone completely one way. Politicians can say whatever they want and they will not be challenged in any way whatsoever. And that, that's the problem. But until Irish people like myself, like yourself, like Eric, stand up and say enough is enough and literally say to a politician, if you do not change this, we will remove you from power. Plain and simple. Until you threaten your jobs that way, and you might go, you can't threaten, I'm not threatening someone, say, I'm threatening your job as in, we will not vote for you and you will be out and you might have to go get yourself a real job where you <laughs> will be held to account. But until we do that, because if, if I don't deliver for the company I work for, I guarantee I'll be sitting in front of someone saying you haven't delivered out the door. But politicians can do whatever they want, underperform, they're not held to account. But until the Irish people decide to hold politicians to account for being incompetent, and we have, we have had some seriously incompetent politicians. Oh, we do. And this has been going on for too long now, and it's about time, because otherwise people like Eric and other people around the country like that are going to continuously be seen like that, to sleep on couches, go back to their parents' house, etc. But until we do it, we're going to be having the same conversation mm. this time next year. Eric, where are you living now, by the way? Are you are you renting again, or what are you doing now? Parents, you're back with your parents, Niall. You're back with your parents. Ah, oh, that's ridiculous, but isn't like, it? But, but, to be honest with you, it's, at the moment, sometimes I'm waking up, you know, with those you with the sore back and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you know, like my body's starting to feel it now. But I, I always say to myself, at least I'm not in a tent. At least I'm outside in the cold where someone who probably... More than likely, there may be someone out there that has a more, a more skilled profession than me. It doesn't have to be a trade, but there may, there may be someone out there that can, it's great, they're great with numbers, they're, they're great with computing skills and stuff like that, and they're struggling, they're about to be kicked out, you know, I just, I just that individual, that gentleman just there, this government has to blame for it, because there's no, point the finger at them, it's all of them, and there's going to come a day when I hope I hope it's soon, and I hope it's within a few years. I hope they all understand what they've caused us, what they put on a younger generation that have literally had the skyrocket effects of depression, of not being able to save up property, that are fleeing the country, to go have it, to develop a better life on the other side of the world, because their own government here can't provide it. And have you thought about that, Eric? Have you thought about getting out of here? Not, not, it's, not, it's 
crossed my mind loads of times, but unfortunately, when I wrap it all into one, I this is home. But I want to call it some place home with a roof over my head, and I don't want I don't want to go off, make loads of memories, and come back and I'm back to square one again potentially. I'm back to square one when I'm a little bit older. It just infuriates me how how even going back to COVID, I'm, I'm not, I could be going off topic here, but way how Leo was pictured at that festival and he was caught and he was the picture of him drinking cans in the park and all the, all this crap. That like between him and so many others, they all just need to go. Yeah, and the whole the whole the idea of do as we say, not as we do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I know as as you said at the top of your show with Sinn Fein, they're calling out all these numbers because it's come around to election time and they want to butter us all up. But unfortunately it doesn't matter what party's in charge now, they're just going to let us all down. Oh, no, they're all, they're I, I've said down. this a million times, they're all cheeks of the same arse. They really are. Actually, just hold on, Eric, because I've got a minute left and I want to go to Johnny's been waiting ages. John, I literally have a minute and I do apologise to you, John. Sorry about that. Hello? Hello, John. Yes, very quickly. Unfortunately, I've only got a minute left, but go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just listening to you there. The one thing that annoyed me about it is uh, to say that you haven't got enough uh, workforce like in the country to build the houses. Like. Yeah. Yeah, well, like, it's, it's come back to what you were saying now, like, about the government. Like, if they, like, everything else in this country is going up, like, the way, the way you live in, like, uh, the price of things. There's one thing in this country that's not going up, and that's wages. No, that's true. Yeah, that's going down. For the, for the working class <laughs> man, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm working since I was 13 years of age. Like, I was deep sea trawling, like, I left school and I was 13, and I was deep sea trawling. I'm paying tax in this country since I was 16, like, you know what I mean? And I'm 42 years of age now. Like, my wages have still been the same for the last 10 years. Well, I, I, well, I can tell you now, with, with respect, I'm earning less now than I was earning in 2002. Yeah. For the same, for the same job. So in, in the media, uh, and we all know it's gone down in RTA, it should be going down even more. But in the media in general, the wages have gone down over the last 20 years. So yeah, everybody's in the same boat. Different. Yeah. Now, now, real people, real opinions. Nighttime talk with Niall Boylan. Ireland's classic hits radio.